Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, I woke up this morning and I popped right out of bed. Not only because I got a good night of sleep. Uh, and so uh, the person on What Chap Chad Wednesday who is upset that we were talking about a short night to sleep Andrew. the night before. Andrew, there you go. G- got a great night of sleep last night. Woke up. But you know what really drove me to, to, to pop out of bed? A little hop in my step as I went to brush my teeth. Those sorts of things. The uh, opportunity you have today to get on the board with the Generation Collaboration. that I have to rep my generation. To bring my generation out of the doldrums of a, a, just a losing a, a losing culture that we've had uh, in generation collaboration. What's it today. like to not have a win percentage? Uh, I, I don't know, but I hopefully I only know what that feels like for another hour or so. <laughs> because at 710 today, it is another episode of season two of Generation Collaboration. Where we team you, the listener, up with your generation's co-hosts. So you're a boomer, you pair with Mark. You're an X, you pair with me. You're a Y, you pair with Caleb. Uh, and we answer trivia about our generation. And today we are going to give away two tickets to Husker Baseball versus Oral Roberts coming up next Tuesday night. Uh, and a gift card to Alumni Hall for 25 bucks to get you geared up. So those are nice prizes. But let's be honest, the real prize is the generational bragging rights. And I think all of Lincoln is tired of Caleb and the Millennials uh, getting their baby questions in this game, uh, getting them right like any generation would. Uh, I can't help it that we're smarter. Our memories are better. The world is fresher for us. No, your memories aren't better. They just have a lot less to remember. The boomers have the most to remember because we go back so far. Well, so, you've got the same so, amount to remember. It's just no. We have a whole placed. lot more. Well, so I think the Boomers should should win if they get three out of five. Uh, the Xers four out of five, and the Ys get five out of five. <laughs> Mark, Here's the thing: you Mark still would have went sliding scale. <laughs> you still would have went zero and three last week. I don't think you got three right last week. All right, two out of five. <laughs> Isn't it? It's ironic, isn't it? Ironic that the non millennials are the ones arguing for the participation trophy here. (laughs) Uh, Hey, hey, there's just a lot more that's got to be run through. So that'll come up at seven ten. Listen, why I'm the size I am. My brain got full and it (laughs) went to my waist. Started to fill everything else out. (laughs) Oh my goodness, where I'm at. Speaking speaking of, of of sizes. That that reminds me of a story I had. So I went for uh, lawn mowing number two for the year last night, mm-hmm. um, and you guys aren't going to believe this, but I had some uh, some mechanical issues. <laughs> Start a rope, maybe on this. Well, one, I don't know what happened, but at some, it's probably got something to do with a carburetor or a spark plug or something. But I got about half the lawn done. And it's about it's about seven o'clock at night, and all of a sudden I stopped to put more gas in or something. I don't remember what I stopped for, but when when I turned when I tried to to you know pull the rope to start the thing again, it'll go for about ten seconds and then it'll just slowly die every time. 
So I screw around with it for about a half hour, redoing it, pulling up the the plastic thing over the engine or whatever, and looking at like I have any idea if I like I'm going to see something like this is wrong. But nonetheless, I I continued to sort of look at it, uh, put some more oil in it, put you know, made sure the gas was full. And and nothing's working. And a half hour passes, more than a half hour passes, and I have a half mode lawn. Okay, and in my neighborhood, that's not going to work. Okay, the 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 neighbors will be talking. Uh, there's probably some conversations going on about next on next door <laughs> about how I'm again shaming the neighborhood, embarrassing the neighborhood. One of the finer social media things there is. I never touched it. <laughs> uh, I've never touched it, nor do I desire to. But then I remembered, hey, I've got an old mower that I haven't used in about five years. Man, the text line is blowing up on how to fix your stuff. By the way, clean your air. Oh, really? Pull the carb. Take out the. J- okay, Jeremy. Want to all the already? I don't want to do what you're saying. Um, no, there are businesses that do this type of repair. Uh, it was seven fifteen at night. Did, are they open twenty four hours a day? No. Okay, That's, but you could have prepared ahead a little bit. Prepared ahead and for, had it done before the season started. Okay, listen, it's not a car. I'm not. I'm not spending eighty dollars getting a uh, tune up and 60. changing the oil. It's only sixty. Uh, that's, that, a, that's a. But that's a six. Because you still got twenty that I gave you for Nora's streaming. So <laughs> that, okay. Well, still, how, how much is your new lawnmower going to be? That's a, probably you break I don't know. This one? That's the thing. Probably. I don't know. What does a lawnmower cost? Three hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> cool. So you're gonna do that instead of the tune-up and, and make the life if last you, longer. If you actually do the math, I believe that it's the better choice to so just every five years just buy a new one. That's the strategy I'm going with. <laughs> and besides, it gives also you, you have to factor to in about. stress. You have to factor in stress and intangible costs of doing maintenance every single year on the lawnmower. So anyway. I remember I had another lawnmower that broke down that I replaced with this one that I also didn't get rid of. And so I, I pull it out. I get it out, uh, no, put the gas in it, and I'm like, I got to do something. The neighborhood will not stand for this. We may be exiled out of um, uh, out of our neighborhood. So, so you'd have to escape to Beatrice? Is that what you're saying? I may, we have maybe become our permanent home. What? And the, yeah, that that would be concerned. I wouldn't like to commute, those sorts of things. And this lawnmower has its issues, too. Number one, believe it or not, the pull cord had been, like, ripped. It had, So it's got about a, oh, about a, a foot-long pull cord. <laughs> you have to wrap around your hand. It doesn't have a handle on it. But... I was am- I was impressed and amazed that it started right away, and I was like, "This must be a high quality engine, okay?" Because I this one has also been maintained in the same way. But just sitting lying fallow for what I believe is about five years outside in my little fenced off area by my grill starts right away. But what I've forgotten about this mower is that another mechanical issue that the uh, that the self propulsion. A uh, little wire thing. It had a little knob that broke off that connects it to the handle. Uh, so you can self-propel it, but you've got to, like, physically pull the wire <laughs> to make it go forward. And that, that just doesn't work. And so I said, here are my choices now. I finished this lawn without the aid of the futuristic technology called self-propulsion. Or I I man up. 
right? I man up. I, I mowed hundreds of lawns without self-propulsion back in the day, and I finished this thing off. And I chose the latter. I did it. I did it. And it. I'm going to tell you what. I feel like I went through the Iron Man challenge, <laughs> having done that. And so now I'm faced with a choice. And, it, and by the way, it works great in every other way. It started every time. Uh, I got the height set right on it completely. But I'll tell you what. I I can't believe we used to do that all the time without self-propulsion. Mark, I mean, I I didn't have well, self-propelled more until 10 those, years ago. Those mechanisms make it more difficult to push. The the mowers of prior to self-propelled, the wheels were really is free that turning. what it is? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense because it was oddly difficult to the point that yes. every ten or fifteen minutes, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a little break. <laughs> Is every mechanical device in your garage broken? Yes, because yes. your garage sounds like a death trap it in is. itself. It is. But I finished it and afterwards I felt like I felt like I had done something. I felt like I had burnt and now I'm at this point and I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is a sign to me. Maybe this is a sign to me. You know, I've made no secret of the fact that uh, that I want to and need to lose weight, right? And it, it's kind of going back to my roots. I'm thinking about just Using the well-working, non-self-propelled mower and not... that. This is how bad I don't want to fix things or mess with things. And I'm thinking maybe by this summer, you're looking at a new, buff, uh, been-through-the-battles Jack Mitchell by the time we get to August. I think it's just the fact that your vanity won't let you have a yard-to-half mower. That's also true. I can't do that. That's not an option. That's what it's it is. Not an option. You decide to play some music. Carly Simon. Did she just get elected to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Congratulations, Carly. So there you go. That's my story. I hope we didn't have any news today. <laughs> Took it up. There. Hey, how about how about Herbster showing up at the old Republican Unity uh, uh, event yesterday? Yeah. I, from what wow. I understand, it wasn't. Uh, it was kind of like the uh, you know one of these coming up, the old graduation open house. You get invited to by somebody you're like, yeah, we really should go. Step in, say hi, make sure everybody knows you're there. Make sure you leave towels on the gift have table. A, have a, put the card on the table. Have a quick glass of iced tea, and six minutes later, you're like, well, we got a lot to do today. We'll see you later. I got from what I can tell, that's kind of what it was like mm-hmm. for Herbster. But he did show up. He did show up. Lindstrom didn't show up. Let's see with that. Megan uh, Hunt wasn't there. Well, why would wrong, she? Wrong be? party. She was registered Republican. Remember? <laughs> did you guys forget this already? Oh yeah, that's right. One of the state's leading. Republicans. You're gonna say they would turn her away? <laughs> yeah. Well, be yeah, because it was just invited guests and candidates. Okay. And I'm I'm sure that her invitation <laughs> got prominent. lost, lost I mean, in the she's mail. She's a state lawmaker. I feel like that's a pretty important, so new to the party, time to meet people. Right. Time to, yeah, start to talk about. What, what's going to happen. Right. Uh, Agenda the, for the 2023 yes. legislative session. Yeah, all, those are all good points. But <laughs> I I would have liked to have been a, I mean, did did he and Ricketts shake hands and talk? Did he and Pillen do those things? I need a fly on the wall who is there who can give me some more detail about all of that. I'll see what I can do. How that went down. That'd be good. You probably know somebody there. <laughs> um, 
So there you go. We've uh, we got that going on. Um, Mark, yeah. what else do we have going on? Well, we got the uh, consumer price in, in uh, increase deal yesterday, actually. Uh, and everything's better? Uh, well, it was down two-tenths of a percent from last month, but two-tenths of a percent higher than had been expected. Now, the the thing is, is that the April index was when gas prices were lower, and they're already back up. Yeah. So, by the way. Thanks for the great news. Uh, oh. Yeah, but, you know, with gas prices, diesel prices, fuel prices, so I, have you seen the price of chimneys? I, I can't say I have. No. Oh, they're through the roof. No. Oh, good goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh, Big John says, clean your air filter. It's choking out. Jeremy says, where's Kellen to mock your affluent neighborhood when we need him? R.I.P. Not dead, just dead to us. Uh <laughs> Steven says Hunt was busy consoling Herbster. <laughs> oh, this is a. Uh, um, <laughs> wow. Chicken Rich said uh, Pillin wouldn't shake his hand, said he never knew where it has been. <laughs> uh, there we go. Uh, all right. So, what do we have coming up today in addition to the main event, of course? The uh, Jeremy just said Mark's dad joke didn't end this segment. I'm so confused now. I think we had still had time left though. Yeah, we still no. got like another minute. We don't, here. we don't listen. We don't know how to. I don't add. know if you guys have noticed, but there are some commercials who have just left our airways. We, we don't have eight I don't minute know. breaks anymore. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, it's like when I was on the pu- public speaking circuit, my opening line was not in, in radio. You're automatically kind of timed for a 30-second commercial, yeah, a 60-second commercial, or a four-hour show. So if I go over a minute, you know, just uh, relax. <laughs> Do we get paid more now? Is that how this works? No. I think we're doing more work here in the uh, post-election yeah, yeah. landscape that we're living in right now. No, I just wanted to, I wanted to give people another heads up. I, I really focus on generation collaboration because I'm motivated about that, but... Uh, we're also going to touch. So, are we going two out of five, four out of five, five out of five? You're Is still, that the new rules? You still got to get all of them. You guys are. Look at this! Look, look, look at the boomer, basically asking for a participation trophy. Why would we move the goalpost for you? That's that's something I didn't expect from your generation. I'm going to be honest. You guys it had better home prices. We have less distance to go back in time. Yes, and I also was. Paid for a full afternoon of driving tractor bailing hay in 1961 or two or three at 35 cents an hour, which was good wages back. But then. I bet that track, I bet that tractor was self-propelled. It was, yes, it was. That's also 17 dollars an hour now. I basically pushed, I basically pushed a I tractor wish. around my lawn yesterday. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have Girl Lincoln. We got get a goat. What Greg Sharp? Okay, whatever. All right, 625 Tell <laughs> today with Jack and friends. Now we do have to take a break on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 637. Welcome back. May 12th, 2022. 75 degrees in the capital city. Uh, by the way, we didn't even mention it here in the opening segment, but uh, do have a shot at some severe weather tonight. 
So, uh, yeah, have, be close to the radio just in case. Let's let's hope this kind of turns out like the last couple of times for Lincoln uh, that we had it. But Lincoln is, according to the National Weather Service out of Omaha, the uh, latest reports, the latest maps have Lincoln, um, most of Lancaster County in your enhanced Risk timing developing developing across central Nebraska by four o'clock, pushing east into our area through the late afternoon and evening hours, five p.m. to midnight. So, so that's a real real narrow window there where it might happen between five and midnight. Uh, hazards: large hail, heavy rain, strong winds, isolated tornadoes. So, do you have any outdoor plans tonight? Keep that in mind, and if conditions would so dictate. We will be here at KLIN to get you through it. All right, sound off time. Uh, let's see. Let's start. Well, Mark mentioned this at the outset. Uh, the uh, the new inflation report is out, and good news, bad news, maybe, or maybe it's just bad news. I'm not sure. Consumer prices accelerated 8.3 percent in April, down from 8.5 percent the month prior, cooling for the first time in months, but still higher than the 8.1 percent Dow Jones economists predicted. Core inflation stripping out volatile food and energy costs also higher than expected, rising 6.2 percent. President speaking to farmers in Illinois announced new plans to make food more affordable, doubling funding for domestic fertilizer production and expanding eligibility for double cropping insurance and precision farming tools but he continued to blame putin for higher prices all right um then in uh, other news out of washington dc yesterday senate did hold a vote yesterday on an abortion bill that would have uh, essentially and and, and uh, Congress could theoretically do this. Now, the Supreme Court doesn't necessarily have the final say legislatively on this issue. And so the Senate brought up a vote that was going to be largely to uh, essentially, I mean, they knew it was going to be short on votes because you had to get 60. Democrats held the vote to stoke their base for the midterms. Democrats locking in senators. But abortion drives a splinter between Democrats. Liberals applying pressure on pro-life members of their own party. The pressure failed. Joe Manchin voted no. Republican Senators Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski support abortion rights, but both voted no. Still, pro-life Democrat Bob Casey voted yes. He doesn't want to change decades of precedent. However, Democrats contend pro-life members are comfortable Despite the leftward tilt. All right. Um, so uh, at least as the Senate is comprised now, this is not something that is is going to happen legislatively. And and I will say this one more time, and I know I've maybe beat a dead horse on, on this whole thing, but when you're taking it up in a legislative branch, whether the federal legislative branch or eventually in state houses like it has come up here and it, it will again either in a special session or maybe again then during next year's session that is a fully different discussion than the supreme court is having on the issue i feel like we just we need civics 101 for everyone when we talk about this issue it seems as though the vast majority of people when they talk about whether the Supreme Court did the right or the wrong thing on this, talk about it as if they're talking about a legislature, as if the Supreme Court is doing what lawmakers do and is uh, and are supposed to be taking a look at a policy, whether it's quote unquote right, uh, whether what the impacts are going to be, all of those sorts of things. No, we don't. We do, that's not what the Supreme Court is supposed to do. We don't want the Supreme Court to be doing that. Those arguments 
should largely be irrelevant to any analysis that the Supreme Court does. Uh, people talking about hoping the Supreme Court does the right thing. Well, the the right thing is getting into a discussion very specifically about whether or not the United States Constitution allows for a nationwide right to uh, to to access abortions and and that that's got nothing to do with the policy the 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 policy evaluations that we do in the whole thing it's got it's got to do with how you interpret the substantive due process clause which is not a whole lot of words okay um and listen i i get it judges and justices because of the nature of the constitution very frequently substitute in i will say their own sort of policy feelings into those things but that's that's not what should happen if uh, and there are certainly critiques to be had of what looks to be the decision okay we can we can talk about whether or not it's uh, proper for the supreme court to overturn a ruling from you know 50 plus years ago uh, with the the doctrine of of stare decisis and not following it in that case but again those judicial discussions are completely different from legislative discussions and i feel like there's been so much sort of ignorance of of that fact in the larger national discussion that we are having about this when it gets to legislative discussions that's when 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 it comes up in nebraska when it comes up in front of the senate that's when those discussions should be had about what are what are the impacts right what what do we believe is right what is ethical those sorts of things but i I know it's a little it's a it's a it's kind of a niche thing that i'm poking at here right now but it does i think it doesn't do our systems any good just for this larger lack of understanding that when the Supreme Court is making a decision that they need to be making that decision based on a policy analysis. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, um, all right, moving on. Let's do, oh, well, this is interesting, too. Uh, Monmouth put out a new uh, poll about this issue uh, about where america stands on this right now you've heard numbers about that in the past and there are many polls out there but here's what uh, their latest numbers say the monmouth university poll a lot of new jersey shows 57 percent of respondents say roe v wade which has guided abortion policy for decades should be left as is by the supreme court only 36 percent say it should be re-examined if a leaked draft opinion holds and roe is overturned Polling is split on what Congress should do. 44% favor a law to allow abortion. 43% say leave it up to the states. More than half say if Roe is overturned, it won't affect their families' lives. As for the high court itself, 52% say they now disapprove of the job the nine justices are doing. Grinnell Scott, Fox I mean, people think the Supreme Court should go one way or the other, but why? Why do you think that? Do you is it because you're pro life or pro choice? Because that frankly isn't that's frankly not a good reason to to believe. Is it is it? But or is it because of your reading of the Constitution and and the substantive due process clause and the doctrine of stare decisis and those those sorts of things? As well, sorry, I'm getting into the weeds in this thing, but it's it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a hot button for me just because the national conversation in this has been, I think, so ignorant of 
the you know the the separation of powers essentially mm-hmm. between the branches of the federal government all right lecture over what else do we have today um this baby formula thing is is not it's not getting better from from what it sounds no, like it is and not. it is um boy it is it is really difficult right now to for a lot of parents and i can't imagine what a difficult situation this must be for a lot of uh, parents of of young young children baby formula is increasingly hard to find on shelves or online so much so that some parents are seeking to trade formula for diapers or making the decision instead to breastfeed if they are able according to the retail tracking company date assembly the out-of-stock rate for baby formula shot up to 43 percent this month compared to just under five percent last may almost Every state in the country is feeling the pinch, but among those with the worst shortages over the past month are Washington, Montana, Texas, Connecticut, Delaware, New Jersey, and Rhode Island. And, and I don't know, and maybe somebody will have to, to tell us, and Caleb, I don't know if you've heard anecdotally from from anyone um, who's who's got babies, if this has been an, um, an issue around here as well. Yeah. Uh, if the, It is? Yeah, it does, it's okay. been an issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the place that that we would normally go with if Millie was still on um, formula, they we've watched those shelves get pretty low. Okay, yeah. So the difficult situation for for parents trying to figure out uh, exactly what to do there. Uh, all right, other things going on today. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is interesting. Southwest Airlines. So uh, I don't know when you guys book air flights to the extent that you have. I, I always have this this thought that okay. You know, because sometimes you'll do it through Google and you'll do a search and you'll say, all right, here's my dates. Here's where I want to go. And you look at this. And the one airline that almost that isn't on there, and I don't know why this is usually, at least with the fare, is Southwest. And so you always have that hope that Southwest, because, you know, they're they're a little more stripped down. Their flight attendants are wearing shorts instead of dressed up. And you're thinking, okay, that's going to save me. That's going to save me a couple hundred bucks on this thing, hopefully. But Southwest is now, and I don't know what this will do to prices, but Southwest is now moving toward something that looks a little bit more like the service that other airlines provide. The carrier will be forking over $2 billion to enhance the flying experience for passengers, promising faster internet service, power outlets at every seat on new planes, and larger overhead bins for carry-ons. Also later this month, Southwest expects to roll out a fourth fare category designed to fill a gap between its cheapest fares and its mid-price ticket. Southwest has always offered fewer amenities and its bigger rivals, like its lack of assigned seats and first-class cabins. Southwest's simpler approach helps them keep costs down, but its new improvements signal that it wants to now remain competitive when it comes to passenger comforts. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. It, it probably shows how out of touch I am with that whole world because, to me, especially right now, whatever you can do to keep prices down seems like the most important thing. Uh, and I, I would guess, maybe incorrectly, that that's the most important thing for consumers. Like, I, I'll absolutely pay significant hundreds of dollars less for non-assigned seats. I have many times. Like, that is, that's absolutely worth it. Now, I suppose if you're a very regular flyer and you're getting your trips expensed by your, your business or that sort of thing, it, which a lot of people, it's probably a lot of the clientele of regular air travelers, they're avoiding that because they're like, you know, well, you know, 
we <laughs> I can I can go in Southwest and have to get in the C group and and wait in line and my bag isn't going to fit above me or I can take right I can take United or I can take something else and it's got all those amenities but just for the the amateur flyer the once every three years get on a plane maybe for a vacation flyer give me give me the bare bones no frills cheap tickets right <laughs> yeah. just put a is I'll sit on the floor, whatever, right? Oh, <laughs> just get me to my vacation and let me be able to take it. Uh, all right, other thing. Oh, this is crazy. So I don't know if you guys saw this. They had a Mega Millions drawing last night, and and they do this. I've never actually. These are on. They televise this thing, and the ping pong balls come out, and they they read it. Um, do you even watch that in Lincoln? I don't know how that works, but nonetheless, regardless, uh, they, they did it last night, but they had a little bit of a host error that is now making a lot of people, well, a few people, wonder, wait, who uh, who gets the money? It was a typical Tuesday night TV broadcast where it was time for the Mega Millions numbers to be drawn to see if there was a winner of an $86 million jackpot. As winning numbers on the balls popped up, announcer John Crow did the honors. Now for the gold mega ball, that is six. Again, tonight's winning numbers are 15, 19, 70, 61, 20, and the gold mega ball is six. Wait a second. That was actually a nine on that gold mega ball, not a six. Players are now advised to hold on to their tickets until the issue is resolved. The odds of winning a Mega Millions jackpot are over one in 300 million, according to the game's website. John Saucier, Fox News. Well, I assume they have the little line... You know, like when you play Uno, the little line under the bottom that says whether it's a six or a six or a nine. But can you imagine if you're at home with the ticket with the six at the end of it and the guy says six and you're like, that's a nine, but I've got six. I think legally I win and everything that's going to come out of that. So uh, I wonder if they bring that uh that host, <laughs> the host either uh, get rid of the host or maybe we're just going to type. Like type. Why don't you just type the word of the number that's on the ball, so we don't have that kind of a mistake anymore. Uh, all right, let's finish up with this. We'll finish with this one and do do one sports one here. It's a big night tonight, ladies and gentlemen. No, not because of uh, any of the games going on at Major League Baseball or the NBA playoffs or the NHL playoffs. It's a big night for football. Why? Because it's schedule release night. There have been several matchups already announced for the 2022 NFL season ahead of this evening's full release. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. Welcome back, 655 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on your Thursday morning. It's time to uh, talk potential pets with you. With uh, and Matt Mancharo. Now, by the way, congratulations to Matt. Saw this last night. Uh, Matt, now the uh, permanent executive director of the uh, Capital Humane Society. Hey, congrats on the news, Matt. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so Matt's going to be running the show over there. Had been doing it in a temporary position, but uh, now permanent going forward. So great to hear that. Looking forward to continue to uh, work with you in the community going forward to to get these pets adopted, find a good home for them. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what we've got this week in terms of the adoption possibilities. Yeah. So we've got uh, several dogs we're going to talk about today because we've got a lot of dogs looking for homes right now at the adoption center. So First off, we got Tucker and Taki, and they are Chihuahuas that are looking for a home together. So they're a perfect pair, so meaning that they need to be adopted together because they are bonded. But 
They're both five-year-old neutered males, and Tucker's about seven pounds, and he's brown and tan in color, and then Taki's only about five and a half pounds, and he's white and black. They ended up with us because their owner passed away, uh, so no fault of their own, but Tucker's more outgoing of the two, and, and Taki really follows his lead, so if you're looking for a, a, a couple of little guys that might be a good match for you, these uh, these two might be a good fit. Right, a pair. Very nice. All right, and uh, tell us about what else you have. So next we have Sloppy Joe. And <laughs> Sloppy Joe is an approximately six- to seven-year-old coonhound neutered male, and he's black and tan in color, and he weighs about 65 pounds. But he came in as a lost dog, and nobody came to claim him. And he's been looking for his new home for about a month now, so he's been with us for a little bit. and. True to his breed, he really lets his nose uh, lead his way, and uh, as he's going for the walks with volunteers and staff, nose to the ground, and, and where the nose goes is where he goes. But uh, he would make a great you know evening walking partner for somebody, so if you're looking for a kind of middle-aged dog, uh, he might be a good fit for you. Very nice. Uh, sloppy Joe, that's good. Uh, look, t- tell, us, uh, tell us how people can make adoptions. Yeah, so Pylock Pet Adoption Center is open today, 1130 to 7. You can come on in any time that we're open and take a walk through. You can also see the pets on our website, capitalhumanestudy.org. And then tomorrow, because of our annual dinner fundraising event, we do have different hours tomorrow. So tomorrow we'll be open from 1130 to 4, but then uh, normal hours this weekend. All right, good. Uh, congrats again, Matt. Looking forward to continue to talk to you throughout the year. Thanks so much. Thanks. There you go. There is Matt Metro, the now permanent executive director of the capital humane society all right that's always fun when the interim tag comes off it is nice it it, it it's very nice and i know they've been you know bob retired uh what what's it been over a year ago yeah and um and i know they've they've been looking and matt's been working with them since uh, i believe i read since like 2007 um and and from what i what i understand he's done a great job there and so uh looking forward to continuing to have him leading that organization all right coming up Seven o'clock hour. It is time, boomers. It is time, Gen X. It is time to finally move Caleb and all the millennials down a notch or five. Today is the day. Today is the day. The millennials won season one of Generation Collaboration, and then they went one and oh last week. Boomers and Gen X 0 and 4 combined. Let's change that. Sorry. Be ready for your cue to call. We're giving away baseball tickets and a certificate to Alumni Hall as well. So listen for that cue to call. 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. Oh, yeah. I don't know how this keeps happening. So Caller 4, I I mean, it's uh, just living up to the nickname. Caller 4 is Asterisk James. And so he he gets the first (laughs) shot of that, and he's a millennial. Uh, but, but, uh, do we have a, we have a, so this is for bragging rights only, Caleb, yes. if I'm right yeah, on so the, be- because James won a prize last week and, and the way things work with winning radio prizes is there's a specific amount of time you're supposed to go between winning prizes. So, but there's no limit on, on bragging, bragging rights. rights. No, we will is... never limit your bragging rights. <sighs> okay. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> He's gone. He's done every one with you, hasn't? You've never won with anyone but him. Is that correct? Uh, Is that a? I be, no. I think I got one without okay. him, but but I've won three times with him, three or four already. Right. I think. All right. Well, let's see what happens here. Let's see. Let me pull up my phone controller here. Oh, maybe James can just go away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait a minute. Where'd he go? Uh, hi, James. How are you? I'm doing all right. I, for the record, did not play last week. Wait, who won last week? Was it a... Oh, was it a different It was a non Okay, okay, that's fine. Then good. You're 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 more than welcome to that. Fantastic. I guess I assumed that I guess I assumed that you're the only one in this entire community that can make Caleb a winner, but I guess that's not it. All right. Well, good. You're okay, you're eligible. Just me and the Jameses. All right. So I got the questions, right? All right. There for, was uh, also an infamous James gang and that's about what you guys are doing. All right. All right. My bad. My bad. <laughs> all right, here we go. James and Caleb Millennials, please lose. Okay. Okay. I just want to say I just want to say at the outset, I am wildly cheering against you. I hope you fail spectacularly. All right, question number one. This guitarist and actor played with alternative rock bands, including Jane's Addiction and Red Hot Chili Peppers, and was more recently seen as a judge on the TV series Ink Master. Uh, Ooh, this should have been for me. That's um, that's Navarro, right? Navarro, yep. I watch Ink Master. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's Dave Navarro. Yes. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Which uh, Power of Three TV drama is about three good witches? <laughs> That's charmed. Oh, my my mom watched that all the time. Oh, my gosh. This third question is such a baby question. In 1996, what major sports event was held in Atlanta, Georgia? Oh, jeez. Oh, the Summer Olympics? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, wait till this next one for the babies. <laughs> This Sega game gave the brand this blue mascot character. Sonic the Hedgehog. Unbelievable. Sega. Come on, number five. This animated Disney film follows two old friends, a red fox named Todd, oh. and a hound dog called Cooper. I cried during what? this. What? They have the answer in the question. <laughs> Gotta be Fox and the Hound, right? Gotta be. Unbelievable. These questions are out of control. Hey, you realize who's given us these question cards, don't you, Jack? Ooh, yeah, Caleb is surprised. Okay, I'll let you guys grab them next time. Okay, do you guys want X or Baby Boomers for the extra point? This is ridiculous. What do you want, James? Well, let's take one of those super hard Generation X questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, ooh, history. The Exxon Valdez oil, Valdez, Valdez oil spill occurred in what U.S. state? Okay, you said, ooh, history, like that wouldn't wheelhouse me immediately. Uh, what, what state did the Exxon Valdez oil? James, do you know? I think it's Alaska. I think you're right. I'll go with Alaska. I don't have all the winning sounds pulled up. I'm sorry, but yeah, we won again. That's Un- 2-0. Unreal. You might say Gen Y, and we say Gen Y not. I say Generation Baby I, I questions. <laughs> Felt All bad. right, James, you win. Uh, can we, we can still play. If the other, uh, if the other contestants do want to hang on, because I believe we have a Boomer and an X on the line, we're out of prizes, but if they want to still play. Mark, are you still willing to yeah. play for bragging rights? Sure, I can't, absolutely. I mean, I can't, I can't handle this with Kayla. No. So the Millennials moved to 2-0. That's some good stuff. Boomers are 0 and 3, and Gen X is 0 and 1. And Scott, by the way, texts are coming in here. Uh, Scott Not Molly says, Of course, they're going to keep winning if they get baby level questions. Revamp or dump the games. <laughs> the question will be that easy. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. We're going to dump it for that. What is it? 
Scott, not you're right. You're welcome to write the questions if if you would like to. Uh, yeah, the, not even softball today. T-ball questions. Um, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> uh, let's let uh, Scott. He's a he's a boomer, uh, I believe, if I recall correctly, and uh, he's going to play with Mark here. These are just for bragging rights, but let him listen, decide that, if it's boomer. I mean, I haven't done very well. He played last week. I think he's a boomer. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing fine, and yes, I'm still a boomer. Still a boomer. You did clear at the end. Oh, that, <laughs> hey, if the Benjamin Button thing starts happening, you can play with me next week. But anyway, All nonetheless, right. <laughs> nonetheless, Caleb's got the questions for the boomers. All right, the Vietnam War spread into this country in 1970. Cambodia. That yeah. is correct. Yeah, God, and you guys are getting Sonic the Hedgehog. Sorry, you didn't have a, Sonic for a your movie generation. with a fox and a hound in it. What was it called? Sorry, that's not their question. Um, robotic servant Robbie the Robot was first featured in which iconic sci-fi classic? Ooh, Robbie the Robot. Um, was that uh, pl- planet uh, Forbidden Planet? Was that? Uh, could be. Yeah, let's just go with that. Well, you are correct. Wow. Whoa. There you go. Mark. All right. Singer Janis Joplin was a member of this band between 1966 and 1968. Oh, you know that one, Scott. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Neither do I. Um, <laughs> I got to think on this one. Okay. What, think with your fingers? <laughs> I'm I'm drawing five, a blank. five seconds uh, for Mamas of the Papas. <laughs> that was Cass Elliot, but yeah. All right, Boomers take another L. Big Brother and the Holding Company. I didn't know. I I know a lot about music. I did not know that one. Wow. But this movie had a fox and a hound in it. <laughs> a fox and a hound. What was it I'll, called? I'll, I'll go with Hound and the Fox. And yeah, now we're, we're uh, Janet uh, Janice Joplin's high school band yeah. for the Boomers. Yeah, I'm with you, you here, you, Mark. You, you know what? The next question I'm probably going to get. What's ne- that? Next week it'll probably be in this movie. A father goes searching to find his son Nemo. <laughs> 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 All right, let's see if the we're going to do one for bragging rights here for the uh, for the exes. Chris Nolatha is uh, here, I think, to rescue me. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good, Jack. How's everybody? Uh, well, I'm just ashamed for. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for Gen Y right now. That's <laughs> man, that's what I am. I would it, honestly, if I were if I were Caleb and if I were Asterisk James, I would have said we will not take that prize. We can't do it in good good conscience. But they did. Well, I'm. I'm nervous because you and I are one and one so far, and last time we failed miserably. So let's okay. see what we can do. I All don't right, know. all right, Mark. We are ready for our Gen X <laughs> talk questions. about talk about baby questions. Maurice Gibb is a member of this pop. What? Group. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me! Yeah. First, first <laughs> question. Unbelievable. I really wish you would have just asked it, Andy. <laughs> that's Andy unbelievable. Uh, that's the that's the Bee Gees. Yes. Is that, that your? That you should have just asked us two of the members of the Bee Gees. That would have been better. Uh, this is now. That, this has right? now become my wheelhouse. Oddly <laughs> enough. Uh, okay, number two. Which actress starred as Andy Walsh in Pretty in Pink? 
Oh. That was uh, Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. Yep. Yes. yes. Molly Ringwald. Good. Nice job. Uh, the American lawyer notably served as an independent counsel whose work led to the impeachment of President William Jefferson Clinton. Oh, uh, was that Ke- was that Star? Probably was. Was that's that Jer- what I was thinking of Star? Ke- yeah, Kenneth Star. Yeah. All right, number four. This teen heartthrob released several albums while starring in the Hardy Boys Mysteries. Oh God, that's not Gen X. That was uh, right there. Sean, uh, it was Parker Stevenson and Sean. Uh, this is before my time. I read the books, but Sean. Okay. Uh, no. Cassidy? There yeah. you go. Sean <laughs> Cassidy. That's it. You got it. All right, Sean Cassidy. All right. Uh, look. No right, typing. Right, and number five, lightning struck one lucky robot in the film Short Circuit. What's the robot's name? Johnny Five. Johnny Five is alive. For yep. the song Who's Johnny by Elder Bar, just from that. I played it on Request Line Friday. Uh, is that your final yes, answer? Yes, Johnny Five. Johnny Five is alive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, give us a baby millennial question. Oh, for the. Uh, is that okay with you, Chris? Yep, that is. It's, it's going to be something like. On you, though. It's going to be something like name a color. I can't wait for you to. Any yeah. color, really. Um. In 2010, an explosion on what oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico resulted in the largest marine oil spill in history? Oh no! What was? I, <laughs> do you remember? Do you know? I, I remember it. They showed up the birds who were washed up. Oh, do you um, oh, it was. Uh, There's a movie about it. It was um, deep, deep water. Deep water horizon. Deep water. Horizon, right? Deep water horizon. There are explosions in the studio, yes. (laughs) Look at us working through that as a team, Chris. Generation collaboration. I can't believe we got the Sean and the Cassidy. That's the team right there. Amazing. And and the only game Uh, this morning where the points don't matter. And we didn't win anything but the bragging rights, I think, Chris. And you probably couldn't have gone anyway. Your prize was, uh, you know, uh, baseball tickets, and isn't that to go to a men's, uh, a, a Nebraska men's event? Isn't that more punishment than it is? Wow! Oh. Wow, Chris! Oh, wow. I go, but, oh my God! They're every. I'm still. I'm still waiting for next year because they can't get worse. Everything can't be worse. Chris, the prize. Be the prize is the feeling in your heart that you're going to have today. That's Chris. The real prize. Chris, you should have got Absolutely. second. You should have got second prize. Really. Yeah, really. <laughs> nice job on Deepwater Horizon. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have come up with that one. So. Sec- second yeah. prize was four tickets. But. All right. Uh, thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Uh, we don't need to fill out a prize sheet because you didn't win anything. All right. Uh oh, Caleb. You might want to check the rearview mirror. Oh, what? You guys are actually on might, the board. You might want to check the rearview mirror because there's me and my 1985 Nissan Sentra stick shift with a cassette tape playing Pearl Jam right behind you. I don't believe you can Where, drive a stick shift. Wearing a, I learned to drive on a stick shift. <laughs> I drive a stick shift. Can't fix a lawnmower, but I can drive a stick shift. <laughs> 724, that's it for Generation Collaboration. See you next week. Well, I mean, see you for sports, but oh, on that man, game, see you I'm not going. We're only halfway through the show. 724. It's Ellen K. with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Waking up the capital city with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Lake. 
as you would expect, a lot of response on the Rick Stein recognition text line about the controversial win millennials just got in generation collaboration. Hey, winners win. And, and just just to understand how it works, we we do not we do not write these questions. We have used questions that have been uh, written by someone else. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so it's a it, it, because there are, there are a lot of questions, and so we're able to, to get a hold of some generationally focused questions. Um, and and obviously it was designed in a way to allow you know a, a generation to get some W's to make them feel good about about themselves. So. What was I, Janis Joplin's high school band? That's well, I threw in high school. I don't know. Yeah, if it, was it was high high school. I th- but I threw that in. I mean, by the way, I looked well, up. How old the, was I, she when she died? Though like I looked up the maker of both of these games and how old they are. And one's a Gen X. Okay, one would be a Boomer. Well, again, they may own it. Take their writers pity. are not. <laughs> that fox. I will never. That fox. <laughs> that, that question. I will never get over that one. Never get over that one. But no, we are not. We had uh, well. One of the texters said we got to we got to revamp the game. At this wait a minute, no, I'm not much? revamping the game. Uh, w- wait a minute. What group did Maur- uh, Maurice Gibbs sing in? You don't call that an easy one? Listen, listen. I'm now 500 on Gibb related questions. So let's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gibbs him a break. All right, next week it's two for five, two out of five, and four out of five. And <laughs> Mark's asking to move the goalposts. We've got people ask us to scrap the game. Here's what I say: I'm going to get my head down. I'm not going to come. Well, I am going to complain, uh, but I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to ask for special treatment. I'm going to overcome the the hurdles that the my generation has had placed before, like like we have many times. And next Tuesday or next Thursday, I'll tell you what: the X flag is going to be flying high in Lincoln, Nebraska. As and we will move to two and one. Caleb will get a loss, and all of a sudden we'll have we'll be tied. We in the meantime, number five, number five. Mark's ready to move on. Nebraska GOP held their uh, uh, semi-annual, not semi-annual. After a primary election, they have a unity rally, try to bring everybody together, sing Kumbaya and all. That's my analysis. But Aaron Sandiford, the Nebraska Examiner, uh, talks about who did and who didn't show up. Uh, Charles Herbster showed up at the uh, Nebraska GOP headquarters yesterday. Brett Lindstrom did not. Uh, Unity Day rally, uh, Jim Pillen. Uh, basically said he wants to put everything that happened in the primary and, uh, you know, forget about that. Move forward. We're all... uh, Everything's fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. (laughs) Uh, The Herbster campaign, uh, they... uh, A spokesperson said, Charles is going to continue pursuing all legal avenues until his name is cleared, so he's not making any... uh, uh, unity type. Well, he's, he was there. He was there he w- for at least for a while. It sounds like from the reports, didn't you know? Wasn't hugging Pillin or, or Ricketts or anything like that. Uh, but he was there. But he's not endorsing anyone in the race at this point. We, the only person he would endorse, I assume, is Pillin. But he's not doing it until the lawsuit situation ends, which. How do those two things? I, I'm I'm just kind of curious in 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 his mind how those two things work together exactly. Um, but yeah, it 
boy, to have this the the day after, and they always do this, and they they bring people together. But there's never been a more contentious primary in in modern in, history in in Nebraska than this. So I'm impressed you showed up. I'm impressed you yeah, showed up. So am I. Why was Lindstrom? I mean, Lindstrom's Lindstrom has said he's endorsing Pillen the night of the election. He, pro- so, he probably had. A, he maybe just had something else. Yeah, I don't know. So, Busy guy. Number, no, he's, he's probably ready to see his kids. Could be Nebraska Democratic Party Chair Jane Klebb said uh, by a phone uh, talking to Aaron Sanderford, Nebraska Examiner. The Republicans are fractured and divided. It's unity in name only. I mean, to be able to just come together after that, I, I, you shouldn't be able to, right? You you shouldn't be able to because. There was some very serious stuff thrown out there about everyone, and you know, there there are repercussions to that, and and a lot, and there is unity among a lot of them, right? What what Herbster would have called the establishment, but the, the pillins and the floods of the world, and the you know the primary winners for the statewide offices, your your auditor, your your treasurer, that kind of stuff as well. Um, Attorney General, yep. yeah, att- Attorney General. So, but nonetheless, they uh, they are going forward, and uh, you have uh, Jim Pillen versus Carol Blood this summer. By the way, real quick, uh, I, I we were looking at this during the night of the election, um, but there was a uh, actually an uh, NPR reporter uh, named Daniel Wheaton who who tweeted out a a map that was really interesting. It was a map that color coded all the counties based on what their first and second finisher was in the GOP Republican primary. And so uh, Herbster won, Lindstrom two, Herbster won, Pillen two, Lindstrom one, Herbster two, Pillen one, Herbster two, or Pillen one, Lindstrom two. So the Herbster, where when Herbster won and was second to Pillen, that is, I mean, it's mostly the Sandhills. It's yeah, a it's chunk a, of the Sandhills. It's a lot of geography. Yeah, and the Pillen... Herbster group was really most of the central swath of the state, the the, the Tri Cities, and then you know even as far to the east as North as Norfolk. Then you've got the Pillen Lindstrom counties. What well, Lancaster County was the main Pillen Lindstrom county, and then as you get closer to Omaha, you had other combinations. You had the the most interesting ones was this little block in southeast Nebraska that was went Herbster Lindstrom. And well, then the whole Omaha area, the Omaha metro, and, and all the counties around that was Lindstrom Herbster, which is it's it's just very. I don't even know how to explain some of the the geography. Like some of that, I would have understood, but the Sandhills being so being so consistently different than most of Central Nebraska, I thought was was kind of fascinating. I, I tweeted that out if you want to take a look at it. It's pretty interesting. All right, moving on. What else do we have? Number four. Well, President Trump uh, blasting a bunch of uh, Republican governors, uh, calling them rhinos uh, for backing uh, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. Well, guess who's supporting Brian Kemp? Pete Ricketts. So by uh, saying so, he's basically calling Governor Ricketts a rhino, along with Chris Christie and a few others. Okay, so. cu- couple of things here. Uh, n- number one, did the did the deadline on the not say anything bad about him end? At this point, well, I think he was kind of uh, lumping them in, uh, you know. I know, but man, yeah. why are you not? 
why are you not saying that uh, two Sundays ago at the I-80 Speedway? And, and, and you are now. I mean, that timing is interesting to me, whatever the reason is. Number two, and, and then I, I guess in, in defense of Pete Ricketts, I suppose, uh, you know, you, you, can, you can say what you want about him. But he is, de- I mean, he is a Republican in every sense of the word, right? Yes. He is a re- Republican in name and in action. Some people love that. Some people don't. But th- this idea that that the, the definition of we've substituted, some people at least, have substituted what Republican policy is for for. Pro Trump or pro Just the election was stolen. Yeah. yeah, no, th- I mean, I would think, and same with conservative and liberal, it should match up with with policy positions. And I would, I mean, I would argue across the board on on policy, Pete Ricketts is probably m- more of a traditional Republican than Trump is. Oh, by far, in, yeah, in, yes. in a lot of yes. things, yes, and yes. so. The rhino. I mean, we're just using all these words that don't mean what they've meant forever. In any case, but well, I mean, in, in this case, it's a self uh, description that Trump uses. Is that a rhino is anybody that disagrees with him? Right, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, exactly. That's that, that's what that that's what that means at this point. But you know, you can you can say what you want about Governor Ricketts, but rhino would be one of the least things i would ever say as a, a valid criticism and, of and him. chris christie too so and chris maybe and, uh, maybe more so him i don't i don't know though uh but you know just in terms of some of the policy things he said but uh, no nah. number three governor ricketts uh, approved rules to allow casino gaming in the state residents uh, we're still a ways off matt olberding's got the story in the journal star Regulations go into effect Monday for potential casino operators to apply for licenses some 18 months after voters uh, approve expanded gambling. So th- this is interesting because if you 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 look at the the timeline the timeline on this we're not going to have the actual you know the Warhorse Casino for, for still for quite a while because they haven't even started the projects. Uh, they got they've got to process the applications. That's going to take about thirty to sixty days. Um, you know they're they're hiring enforcement, investigative staff uh, staff to do to do all of those things. But the once you get to that point, even thirty sixty days down the road to get through all of that, then you're going to it's going you take two years about to get that thing built. So there's going to be a period where. You are going to be okayed to to basically be a gambling facility, but you're not going to have a facility. Do you see what they're going to do to be productive in the meantime? Is it sounds like, uh, and Matt did a good job in this article of, of talking about this, but apparently you're going to have existing places that become temporary casino floors. Probably mostly for for slot machines at this point, but uh, the simulcast building that exists right now that they would uh, they would do that. So it sounds like the timeline that they were talking about in Matt's article that we're talking August September. Get at that point. There was a quote from Fauner Park 
uh, CEO, and he said he hoped to get a temporary casino open in GI sometime shortly after the state fair. And so, the the if you're wondering about the timeline of the whole thing, the slots are going to be here in 2022 with the direction that this is going right now in the fall of 2022. Yeah, I don't know how much more than you got that. I don't know if you put blackjack or other things in there, but you want to bet on that? <laughs> it's not legal. That is not legal. So, and Caesars is putting up a, a Harris Casino in Columbus mm-hmm. with their horse track as well. Uh, Ch- uh, Chickasaw Nation uh, looking at one in in Hastings at that point, but they don't have a location. And uh, as Matt reports, there's another six or seven um, new racetracks with casinos that are are proposed, but are on hold right now because of the moratorium. Right. Of approving anymore. I'm just very interested when everything does, it breaks ground, goes through construction, it's up. Um, that is going to be one of the things you see people that go across the state to check out. I don't know, there's different steak places they want to go try out. There's just different places that um, they want to go visit with the Nebraska tourism. And they're like, okay, well, I want to go to Hastings. I want to go to North Platte. I'm interested in going and visiting some of these places to see what their sports books look like. Watch a game there. Those types of things. Yeah, And, and I, I think there's going to be other people that do that. I think you're right. But I'd also like to know what Jeff Mall uh, is projecting for the uh, tourism industry. Uh, yeah, that's hospitality here in the Lincoln area. Talked, I'm interested in touring the buffets. Are we going to have Vegas-style buffets at these things? I was going to say, is this going to be Tuesday, like crab leg night? Is this going to be Vegas-style if I go sit at the penny slots and someone coming around giving me free drinks? Right, exactly. Well, I'm down 275, but I've had three free beers. (laughs) So that feels like I'm actually coming out ahead. We did that when we went to, my friends and I went to Vegas. This was like 15 years ago. We went to Vegas, and the last day we were there, we were like, yeah, we probably shouldn't shouldn't spend a whole lot more money. It's not been a great weekend. And so we did find one of those places that had the penny slots, and they had the, you know, they had the free drinks there that they would comp you. And we were like, this is actually pretty nice. <laughs> Low pressure. I feel like I'm just losing enough over the course of every 15 minutes when a drink comes. It's about a zero-sum game with this. <laughs> Number two. Several productions of Oklahoma at the Lead Center where have been canceled. Injuries and illness affecting the uh, cast. I saw that. Yeah. this And this was a, a, a big get here for... Uh, because Oklahoma had its, uh, its second run on Broadway that got all kinds of critical acclaim and those sorts of things. So... I'm hoping, Mark, that they can they can get back going again and get some of these these shows in because these draw really well for Broadway shows like this. Not uh, and a, and the return of uh, Lincoln Native. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right, we w- okay. We got we got one more. I I, I did something completely weird on that. The that's right. Today. I'm going to do the one I want to do. Okay, so. <laughs> I guess so. That's fine. Do what you want. Number do. one. I don't know whether you call it proper retribution, karma. Might call it poetic justice. A South Carolina man died of a heart attack while he was burying his girlfriend who he had strangled earlier. I saw this. And he had dug a grave, put her body in a bag, was starting to cover up the body and had a heart attack and died right there. Oh, my goodness. South Carolina. So, you know, as they say, karma's a wow tough thing. I, uh... That's on, not really what they say. On Ozark and, and Breaking Bad and stuff, they're always just digging holes to bury bodies like it takes 10 minutes. You ever notice that on those shows? 
I'm like, I'm like, that's got to take a day to dig something like that with a single shovel. But it always takes like 10 minutes in those movies. And then they always have just like a tarp laying around that they're, oh, yeah, they're, they're able to put it in. They're prepared. I, they, I think they oversimplify the disposal of a body type situations in, in television. All right, 754. I don't have anything to add. Very dark way to end this that I didn't necessarily. (laughs) That's some good stuff. All right. Well, we got Girl Lincoln coming up. We've got Greg Sharp coming up as well during the eight o'clock hour. Seven fifty-five right now on KLIN. Eight oh eight. Welcome back, Ellen K. Today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Caleb just admitted off the air that the uh, millennial questions were baby questions on Generation. I thought they were fairly easy. What? What I also believe is you have the questions in your hands. You have multiple cards I to look at. I don't think it's fair to look through and pick out the hard ones. If you, you think the pick. questions are too easy, okay. you have like four options to go through the questions. Good to know. I didn't know that was something I was a, uh, uh, that was an option. I you can that... pick which card to go through for those five. Good to know. I'll re- or, I will remember that for next week. Or because no one else can see the card but you. Who's to really stop you from just making up a question? Just if you're that upset by this, solve for X. <laughs> that, that's in, a very your, millennial question. Here's in math. your prep work, you have to go through all those questions all right, a, and, and rank them. That's good to know. I didn't know I had one that to, in say my one to three for difficulty. I yeah. didn't know I had that option in my toolbox. Great to know. Uh, all right, hey, how's everybody doing today? Hi, Robin. How are you doing? Hi there. Welcome. How are you? Uh, this is, by the way, Rob Nashleman, Dave Albers. Uh, they are the Girl Lincoln team right here on KLN. You can hear them noons on Saturdays and Thursdays, of course, right now at eight ten. Talk about what that building is going up in your neighborhood. You've been wondering what it is. Is it a restaurant? Is it a bank? Well, we'll find out today. And we're going to start not with a a location. But a, a question here, Robin, and, it, you know, we've talked so much about on this show inflation as it pertains to, to gas, to airfares, to groceries, and those sorts of things. And I, I, I'm, I'm wondering, and I know that there's a question out there, is this, has this trickled down to restaurants? We talk a ton about restaurants on the show a lot, and I, are, are we seeing that in the industry too? We are. And here, this is kind of something that reflects definitely the national restaurant chains, but I'm sure it's not all that different at the local level. Um, We have some numbers here, and we'll try to make this simple for those of you currently going through roundabouts, trying to get to where we won't get too complicated. But um, consumer prices for food at home has been up 10.8%. So, you know, if you've noticed... (laughs) 10% 10% increases in your groceries. You are not alone. Um, prices for food away from home grew 7.2%. And okay. I would have actually, thought, it feels like it's more money. But then on the other hand, you buy one meal at a restaurant and it's a lot right. of money. Right. So 7% is significant. Um, over the past year, prices at full service restaurants have increased 8.7%. Now that's full service where you sit down. You right. know, sit down restaurants are eight point seven. They give you a back rub while you're eating. They give, yeah, kind of stuff. right. The little hot towels at the end. Apparently, of your apparently meal. you go to different restaurants <laughs> than I do. What kind of a restaurant is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because so many people have not been in a sit down restaurant much the last two years. The large, they've had the largest twelve month increase since the Bureau of Labor Statistics began recording inflation oh boy. in 1997. Okay, limited service. So that would be where you walk up and pick up your food at the counter and you go sit down or you take it out. Um, They're up 7%. So maybe not 
a lot, but not quite as much. Um, Chipotle, Texas Roadhouse, Domino's, and others said menu prices increased the first quarter of this year. Wingstop, however, was one of the few to benefit from deflation in bone <laughs> bone wing prices. Wait, bone wing prices, bone in wings went down? Uh, Not at the grocery I, store. I had no idea. Uh, no, they haven't at the grocery store. I, as somebody who buys these fairly regularly, I haven't noticed that at all. So that's yeah. interesting. Maybe uh, I have the wrong suppliers. Maybe, huh. yeah. I don't have chicken. Maybe, you, maybe you need to be supplied by the restaurant suppliers. Well, I I remember, I think it was Wingstop at one point. It wasn't inflation, but it was supply chain issues where they couldn't get wings. And so they started selling thighs, right. uh, bone-in thighs, to j- just as another option on the menu to try and diversify what they were doing. Which, by the way, isn't the worst idea. Thigh, underrated chicken. <laughs> Thighs are good. Thighs are underrated in terms of price and taste. <laughs> they I are not, they are not as dry. No, they yeah. Throw some chicken thighs. On, not as healthy, I, I suppose. I prefer but them. Yeah, yeah, throw some of those on the grill, and uh, you'll be happy you did. <laughs> Jack Mitchell here for thighs, <laughs> chicken thighs. <laughs> Anyway, save me from this, please. <laughs> Somehow this is going to turn out bad. Jeff. Yeah, that's why I said save me. Those comments we're going to walk away from. <laughs> Nobody's oh, saying yeah. anything here. <laughs> okay, so for body parts. Uh, okay. All right. So, um, so they interviewed Chipotle, Texas Roadhouse, Domino's, and some of these others, and asked them if they were seeing pushback from consumers. Okay. Um, and they said it's really more starting to impact their behavior. They're not saying much about it, but what, what Wendy said was inflation is beginning to impact traffic slowing down among low, low income diners. So, Interesting. Yeah, well, so like people don't complain. They just, they're quiet. Well, and they don't come. I don't know what income, I don't know what income diners were out there the other night, uh, when it was what, uh, Sunday or Monday night, one of those first nights, it was nice. But my um, kids are like, "Hey, can we have some ice cream?" And I was like, "Sure, okay, we'll go. We'll go get some ice cream." So I thought, "Let's go through the the Culver's drive through, right?" Oh, I didn't want to get out of the car. Everyone, oh yeah, it was after my my daughter's concert on on Monday night. You, you couldn't get in the door. You could not get in the door. The drive through. This was the one at seventieth uh, and, and Pioneers, approximately. The drive through was back to the point where I mean, it looked like a temperature Tuesday on Runza when they're like, <laughs> blocking traffic at some point. Which just does bring up the interesting question: What were the be- you know you talk about food uh, restaurant inflation over the years? Like, remember some of the bet? You remember the uh, the Sam's on North Forty Eighth, not Sam's Club, but the Sam's, the burger restaurant oh, on yeah. North Forty Eighth. I mean, what, they sold they sold hamburgers like in the eighties and early nineties for like seventy five cents, fifty cents. I think it was it was ridiculous. You used to, I mean, you just talk about the good deals over the years. The Amigos Kids meals used to be ninety nine cents. When I was in high school, I always got three dollars and eighteen cents because the combo meals almost everywhere cost two ninety nine. So I had three eighteen cash because we figured in the cash all the time. Well, so well, that's also. But what, you could go caddy corner from your high school there. We're, yeah, we were. Yeah, we three eighteen McDonald's was two ninety nine. 
the every every little combo meal would seem to be two ninety nine at that point. Yeah. So as long as you had three eighteen, you were good. Which was probably pretty close to what minimum wage was at that point yeah. in time. Yeah, and probably yeah. that was about an it was little yeah, there's a little under an hour of work what most of us were making at the time. Right. So. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, a little bit just a slight correction from last week. Uh you you your reporter Abelardo's going in near the airport. It's not uh, it's not actually a part of the food court, right? Is that we, what it we is? We said they were going in the airport food court, and correction, it's going near the airport. There is a former subway across the street to the south of the airport food court, and that is the building that they are going in. As oh, yeah, of, I've been to that subway. As yeah. of, I, was it late last week or Monday, they have not opened that yet, according to Abelard. Okay. Yeah, Abelardo's. Abelardo's. Yes. Wherever my Spanish teacher, you know, Mr. Herb Schrader is, he is currently cringing. <laughs> uh, okay, Dave. Uh, all right, we've got. Uh, We've got a uh, and and uh, this was this was interesting. I had no idea about the kind of the longevity uh, yeah. about this that uh, apparently a, a business here in town has been purchased and is going to be changing. Tell us about this. Well, yeah, it, it, I don't know so much about the business that the the land in it happens to be a, a neighbor here. It's Merritt Concrete uh, Fireplace and Stone at eight twenty seven South twenty six. In business, we understand eight. 18 is this right robin yeah 1894 according to strictly business magazine and Mm -hmm. so yeah and this was announced in strictly business magazine and is purchased by its next door neighbor who's only been in business since 1959 which is whitehead oil and a lot of people would know that is the u-stop u-stop I was uh, like, Whitehead the, Oil is buying a concrete fireplace and yeah, stones. I think it's a it's a real estate thing. More okay. to to, but they're okay. You know what? Yeah, because they're two words. Two words: car wash. <laughs> think about well, it. that well, this, this, think this, about it. This is their. This is where their corporate offices are located uh, over in that area. Doesn't so. mean they don't need a car wash there. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Got to uh, keep up with the I'm Joneses. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna. Gonna, I'm gonna have, maybe I'll have to call Mark after this. <laughs> uh, so uh, we called that a, a heavy subject because of all all, all of the uh, product there. The the, yeah, the yeah we get it. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with the next one here coming to Village Gardens at 56th and. Pine Lake, Maven Tile and Stone Design Studios moving into 7011 Kentwell. So, uh, another heavy Heavy subject. No, we still get it. Uh, (laughs) Kind of. Uh, All right, Robin, let's move to uh, 84th and O, State Um, Farm Campus. State Farm. People frequently ask, what is going on there over by Spirit Park? Um, Remodel of a municipal facility, 57,891 square feet. That is the size of a grocery store. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a small one, but nonetheless, the size of a grocery store. Department of Education remodel. I guess they're spending $800,000 at least on this, so it's a big project. They are coming from the state office building downtown and consolidating a couple of other state facilities from other parts of Lincoln. So it feels like, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like we've had kind of a, a trend of these stories of bigger office buildings moving from downtown to, for lack of a better term, the suburbs. Mass yeah. exodus. Yeah. 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 From downtown. Is that, yeah. is that a trend? Why is that a trend? 
Well, yeah, I mean, we we have been seeing it, and I suspect it's for multiple reasons, not the least of which is the parking pressure that you right. have downtown. Yeah. But I just want to mention uh, about this particular uh, property. This is 500 South uh, 84, so it's not on directly on the corner. It's the building that is just to the south of the main State Farm building. Okay. If you're driving... Like where the bike trail, like you go further right. south from the bike trail. Right. They're so separate, south of that trailhead. No, it's it's still north okay. of that. It, but close yeah, to why it. Can't I A lot of this? people won't picture this because it, it's it's... They've got one kind of large, larger building oh, right I on know. the corner. I, I know what it is because... When my kids used to play soccer at Bingo. those fields, you would drive through that parking you lot. You drive that, through the parking lot. That's where, yes, now, it's that, that helps building. me. Because it's, it's a little bit further to the east off off the road. Kind yes. of sets back okay. a little. Right. right. So I just wanted to clarify that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Boy, so, I miss those soccer games. Those were, those were experience. <laughs> I coached one year. Basically, you know what that consisted? It was when my daughter was in, I don't know, first grade or something like that. Uh, and basically, my coaching consisted of yelling, kick the ball, kick it hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically i mean i'm no ted lasso but There's that's a really reason, that's a big reason why you are not coaching at the state soccer championship well, right now. not this year <laughs> not this year we'll see about next year uh and then a uh an opening of a building people were wondering what it was at 84th and Layton, dave yeah this is uh probably even a little bit closer to 84th and Adams. It's the Cobalt Credit Union. It is uh, across the street from that fairly large convenience store on South, uh, or excuse me, on North 84th. Uh, you know, a lot of people asked us, you know, what is this building prior to the, they finally have a sign up and whatnot. So, but the chamber did have a ribbon cutting there and just recently. So, so is that the, are you talking about like the U-stop that's across from High V? No, uh, no. I, I'm talking about, uh, oh. It's what, further north up It's further north. It's, the, it's a really the one a large, with the, the windmills, yeah, with the windmills yeah. on it. Okay. Bingo. Yeah. That one. All yeah. right. It's which, right across the, the street from that. Not too far from the pizza. Um, pizza Ranch. Pizza Ranch. Isn't that maybe a that's little a south little of it? South. it? Yeah, it's south of it. Mercado this, this is, and those sorts of things. In the, no, that's too far. That's too far north. Yeah. We do, I'm we having do. a hard time envisioning Picturing 84th Street after only having driven past that, I don't know, 50,000 times in my life. Between Adams well, and Layton. Let's put it this way. Uh, I, there's a tire store across the street. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, a lot of people. I know, I know what you're talking about. There you go. Uh, which that reminds me, my wife gives me the hardest time because she works downtown. Okay. So yeah. she is a one of those downtown workers. And. You know, I've lived here significantly longer than she she has. I grew up here. I she uh, emigrated here from <laughs> Iowa, so to speak. Um, but now she's chewing that, and she is. Uh, she makes fun of me. She gives me a hard time because I can never th- think where stuff is in downtown Lincoln. Like I don't yeah. know street numbers. I don't know the best way to get places. She almost refused to let me. She refuses to let me drive in downtown Lincoln well, because she's such a downtown Lincoln expert, and I'm such a uh, an idiot. Like I just arrived heck. here yesterday. I <laughs> yeah. guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah. I mean, if you have worked downtown, you know how the one way streets go, and you know she hates my routes. I got it. She yeah. absolutely. Like, don't do she was that. like, she's like, yeah. I don't know what kind of a route you're taking, but it's terrible. Don't do this. <laughs> Didn't you know that P Street going east uh, is faster? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, what do we have uh, this week on uh, on the Girl Lincoln Show on Saturday? This is a question we get 
constantly. What's with all the apartments being built? Where are the people coming from that are leasing them? How do they afford them? We're going to talk to Allison Santana from Kruger Development. All right. Very well. I mean, people need houses are expensive yeah. and apart. They may be they need to afford them, but houses are difficult to get right now. So I'm sure yes, that's a are. big part of it. There you go. All right, Rob and Dave, thank you so much. I always appreciate it. Don't forget to follow Facebook, uh, Gore Lincoln on Facebook and Twitter. Do a great job of responding to questions. You see a building going up, you're wondering what it is or if a place is opening or closing. Uh, they likely can find out for you and it gives us something to talk about on the show. So check them out there and listen to them on Saturdays at noon. All right, Rob and Dave, have a good week. We'll uh, check in next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. 824. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Caleb's got your sports next on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Brie Foster. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I was just talking to, to Greg off the air and uh, was taking in our election coverage the other night. Thanks to everybody who uh, listened. We had a we had a good time uh, with that. Uh, good uh, good morning, Greg. How are you doing? Jack, I'm good. The only disappointment was that they called the, the races way too early. I, I really wanted you guys up at midnight or 1 a.m. <laughs> I bet you governor. did. Governor's a battle in, in doubt, but now ten twenty that's way too early. Yeah, I bet you did. You, you're just getting me back. I'm about to renegotiate this Hold partnership on. as an affiliate, Greg. Come on. Do, do you know what Greg's doing right now? He's getting back at me because during the fall, every time that there's an 11 a.m. start uh, for a football game, I throw in uh, how early Greg has to get up in the morning on a Saturday when I'm going to sleep in, and I feel like this is retribution for that. That's mainly what it is. That, that does remind me, though, Greg, um, yeah, years ago when Bishop and I did the show, uh, 2009, there's that Thursday night game against Missouri, uh, that, yeah. that kicked off at eight o'clock and, and Bishop and I went on to do the show at 6 a.m. on a Friday, the day after a game, which Nebraska won. And first segment, phone rings, call, and it's, and it's Jeff Colhane who calls <laughs> us driving back from doing the post game show <laughs> on the air. So yes, the, uh, we, 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 we occasionally get some of those late night hours, but, but we can make work and, and you guys do a, a ton of that as well hey i want to start because today for the we J- caleb and i were just talking about it but uh we are uh, we are broadcasting here on kli and a little nebraska softball and Great. uh and nate roar's call of of nebraska softball so coverage for that's going to start a little over an an hour from right now and we're excited and, and and for those who haven't heard nate call a game he does a great job with that greg and and i know you know that too he sure does, and what a fun season that group has had and finished it off the regular season walk-off win over Indiana last weekend at home, and I'm so happy for Coach Ravel and that, that entire squad. And there's a lot of Nebraska players on that team, like like Husker baseball. It's filled up with a lot of local people, and so you know, I think a lot of our fans can lock into that group because they know a, a bunch of the players on the team. So 
Best of luck to them up in East Lansing. Yeah, I, uh, this morning. I I was uh, watching watching some of the games this weekend against Indiana, um, and they were they were talking about Ronda Ravel and you know her, giving her overall record as a coach here. I mean, she has got a uh, a ridiculously good and long tenure here at the University of Nebraska. I know you've you've I'm sure had had chances to talk to her. I think I've had her on a couple of times on on my show, but it's getting to the point where. This is it's pretty historic what she's done with that program, the longevity she's had there. Absolutely. I mean, you you think of Husker softball, that's who you think of. She is she's that program through and through. And you know, it was interesting last weekend baseball. We played Minnesota, and their longtime coach had been there forty one years at, at Minnesota. And we were talking off air, like, oh, I mean, that's got to be one of the longest tenured coaches in the country at any sport. And somebody goes, uh, did you forget Gary Pepin, Nebraska's track and field coach? He's in his 43rd year. We, in fact, we had Gary on last night because the Big Ten Outdoors are this weekend up in Minneapolis. So, yeah, with Gary, with Rhonda, uh, Scott Jacobson, Husker women's tennis coach, has been there a long time. Nebraska's got some coaches that have really been through a lot of battles. Gary was probably recruiting Caleb as a thrower, and he was in his 30-plus, uh, thirty more than 30 years already. Pepin's so. out here recruiting people's grandkids that he coached. <laughs> that's, no, that's exactly right. <laughs> that, that's that's uh, that's probably true. Um, uh, in terms of Nebraska softball, it, it's I mean I assume a, a postseason bid past the past the tournament is is likely for them as well. How much do you think they can kind of improve improve what that looks like with the Big Ten tournament? Well, I think they could lock in a two seed for the NCAA tournament. They're not going to get to the one level. Um, you know, I think they're right on that border of being a, a low two or a high three. It doesn't really matter. It's just kind of that first round matchup in the NCAAs. It, it would maybe determine who's, who's the home team or not. One thing they want to do is you want to avoid going to Norman. Oklahoma is just a oh. dominant softball program. And, you know, the NCAA likes as many teams as they can to bust. But there's other people that can host at softball level that are, are bustable for Nebraska, Oklahoma State, Arkansas. So there's other places for them to go. So I think if they won a game or two, they could probably avoid the, the temptation to send them to Norman. That would just be almost an impossible task for them to try to get out of that regional. So I think that's what's at stake for them. Okay, that's interesting. Because I, I did see a couple of times throughout the year where Oklahoma, I don't know what they ended up at, but they were a, some ridiculously gaudy like 24-0 and record or something like that. Um, they must be amazing. Just amazing. I think they only have one or two losses on yeah. the year, and uh, they're they're star pitchers from Omaha. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Um, well, it's interesting because we when we went down to Texas for spring break, we went through Oklahoma City, and um, the 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 go it goes right by where we were driving goes right by that facility where they have the College World Series. Yeah. Uh, I've never I, we went to a Thunder game. We in, and we were kind of in the area, and I remember you know in the Big Twelve baseball tournament was there, but that looks like a really fun, nice area. I mean, they they really do a good job with that stuff down there in Oklahoma. It'd be cool if Nebraska got there. It's a great place to go, and they've added on to that stadium a couple of times in the last 10 years. Oklahoma City has made a big investment to keep that Women's College World Series there, much like what Omaha did by building the new ballpark downtown. It's a great spectacle. It's also, ESPN will say, outside of like college football and college basketball, it's one of the more highly rated uh, sporting events that they carry uh, at the college level all season long. It's really popular. I think part of it's because most softball games fit nicely into about a two-hour window. Yeah. And so they can get in and get out, and the games are usually pretty compelling. So it's a wonderful sport, and I'm glad you guys have 
have opted to carry some games here in postseason. Yeah, we are we are excited, and and as as long as they don't conflict with you guys, we're going to run with them throughout the course of the postseason. So we are uh, we're very excited about that for for softball. Um, all right, let's <laughs> let's turn the page to baseball, Greg. Um, Man, uh, Minnesota, you kind of go in and you're like, yeah, boy, you, you, a sweep, you really good. You at least need, uh, two wins here at this point. And they, they couldn't get it. Is this just kind of more of the same, same problems popping up that you've seen the rest of the year for this team? Sure is. It's, it's goes clear back to week one, some, some deficiencies in certain areas that just kind of rear their ugly head and bite this team at the worst times. Good Friday night game. They win pretty handily over the Gophers. They're in control of the second mm-hmm. game, up 8-5 to five in the bottom of the eighth inning. And then a throwing error uh, allowed two runs to score and gave the Gophers some life. And I think it just kind of flipped the entire series. And so this team is soul-searching, and that's not what you want to be doing with just the two weeks left in the regular season. So it's it's been a, a, a rough stretch. You know, I think there's certainly been some high high moments and, and high times and some young guys who've made progress throughout the year, like a Garrett Anglin, who's really established himself as a solid Big Ten player. But the one thing I, I will say is I think this team will continue to fight uh, this weekend at Illinois and then next weekend with the four home games. They're not going to give up. They will, they will fight all the way to the end of this thing. And I know the coaching staff's already started to kind of plot and plan some things for the future. They've, they've got nine committed junior college players that will be entering the program in the fall. So there's going to be some real intense competition. And some guys who are back from this team aren't necessarily locked in as being starters next year. And that's mm-hmm. what you want. But they're not going to give up on this. They'll fight tooth and nail through the last two weekends. And, and before I get back to this season, I'll, I'll just add this on as well. Um, Will Bolt has not been bashful to recruit in the state, but the state high school, and we're about to see this this weekend, and I know just from, from being involved in it and close to it now, and then when I was, when I was younger, the level of baseball being played in this state is completely different um than it than it's ever been um in terms of the quality and i think that bodes well probably for the future of this program because you you know i mean even look at last year's recruiting class greg i mean nebraska kids all over the place that could be a strategy that that could really work sure could and it may not necessarily be to have them coming right out of high school he's gotten Mm -hmm. guys who've been nebraska products who go the junior college ranks and then come back around to Join the Huskers. Griffin Everett is a prime example of that. Nebraska's catcher. He didn't come here right out of high school, but they brought him back after a good junior college career. And there's a couple of more that are coming in the program in the fall. So it's it's been a frustrating year because in a lot of ways, they're so close, a little bit like the football season. Nebraska's had, I think it's up to now, 15 one-run games. And their record in in those is they're underwater. Mm-hmm. And so if you're if you're five and ten in those fifteen, you flip that and you're ten and five, you've got a much different outlook for the season. So again, they'll keep fighting hard through these last two weekends. They still are not eliminated from getting to Omaha in the Big Ten tournament. In fact, a lot of things went their way last week around the conference, except Nebraska didn't take care of their own business mm-hmm. and win that series. Well, that's that's what I wanted to ask you about. 7-11 in the conference, 7-11 and in the conference right now. Uh, it looks like tied for ninth. The top eight will get in, tied with Northwestern. Uh, Purdue, um, they must have had a couple of games canceled because they're at 7-9 and nine while the other they two did. are at 7-11, which may have hurt or helped uh, in, in that whole thing. Um, I, I mean, is, is something like four and two is that put it in play still do you think through these last oh, six sure. conference games yeah no yeah i think four and two puts them right in there you obviously you might need a little help here or there but four and two would put them right on that ledge to, to get in there and so i think 
you know, they just got to try to play the old coach's adage here, the one game at a time, but try to pick off the Friday game and then go to Saturday and see what you can do there. It's a pretty good Illinois team. They're toward the upper part of the conference, and they swing it really well. It's going to be really warm in Champaign. That park faces to the north, so any southerly breezes are going to be blowing out uh, in that ball field. And one of my fun things about this park, Jack, is that there's a road right past the, the outfield, and then on the other side of the road is a big graveyard. So, you know, <laughs> we always like to say this is where baseballs go to die if they're hit out of the park. So, yeah, that's one of the fun, unique things about this place. I've got to imagine of, of the sports that you've, you've done play by play for, obviously football, you've done, you've done basketball. Um, the, the baseball facilities in the conference and then even outside of the conference, I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that there is the most complete sort of variance in in all sorts of things about the different facilities that you visit as compared to the other two sports. Would no you, would you agree? Yeah, no question. We, we've done some, some really odd places for this sport that you, know, you go to a lot of those Texas schools or California schools for your early games of the season and find some pretty unique places. And now we've made our trek through the Big Ten, so we're really familiar with those spots. But yeah, this is this is not one of the better facilities in the league, uh, but yeah, but the trademark is the the cemetery beyond the out the outfield walls there. That's that's great. Well, boy, you know, it it, it would just be I know I've been saying this all year, but boy, it would be nice if you somehow get to this weekend. Come home for a series with nice weather against Michigan State, where there's a bunch on the line. Big crowds there, and somehow find a way to get to Omaha. It just, it just feels, Greg, like, and I know you, you probably agree, but it just feels like this this lost opportunity if you don't make that field because you go to Big Ten championship events, you're going to Indiana, Indianapolis, you're going to Chicago, you're going to you know even New York to to have that in the backyard and and not be a part of it would just it'd be kind of boy it'd be tough to watch. It stinks. Absolutely, and it happened in 2018, and this, right. this year reminds me a lot of 2018. Nebraska won the league in 2017 and then did not have a good 2018 season. It's almost identical here uh, this year. So, yeah, you're right. I don't even know that I can bear to watch if we're not in there in a couple of weeks, and that's too bad because Omaha does a great job oh, of running that tournament, and I know a lot of Husker fans love to go spend some days at the ballpark and, and watching Nebraska or watching the game maybe before I, or after the Husker. I, I re, uh, yes, I did. And, and the College World Series is the College World Series, but I've gone to that Big Ten tournament uh, either two or the three uh, years that it's been there. And I've, that's one of my favorite events to go to down there. You know, just, it's, uh, College World Series is fun and it's its thing, but I don't, you know, you don't have a dog in the hunt for the most part. And so it's just kind of the spectacle of it. But to go there and have those multiple games and you care about all of the outcomes, um, I, I think it's a really underrated event. And of course, Omaha's set up to do it so well. So this is a long way of me just saying, I really hope they somehow figure it out and make it there. Cause I want to go. <laughs> I want, no, I want to go. I'm with you, and I know the team is too, and that's the carrot that's still out in front of them is that, hey, it's still possible because we didn't get eliminated the last weekend even though they lost two out of three. Now it's not totally in Nebraska's hands. They're going to have to scoreboard watch a little bit, but still six opportunities to go win baseball games. And I think this team will still fight its way through it. They're pitching pretty well, even though all the injuries they've had, they've kind of found some some guys to go get them some outs. The bats have been hot and cold, and the defense – certainly hurt them in that particular that eighth inning on Saturday night. So the two teams immediately in front of them, Purdue and Northwestern, they're tied with Northwestern Nebraska, and then Purdue is a, a game ahead of them uh, in the loss column, uh, two games ahead of them in the loss column. 
I don't. I guess you cheer for Northwestern if we're scoreboard watching in that because they're they're closer down to where Nebraska is. Or do you want? You probably maybe want like a two one situation with probably a two one, and they play each other this weekend. Yeah, think, yeah, they do. That's what. Yeah, play. between those two. Yeah, yeah. So I think you probably want. You don't want somebody to sweep it. You probably need a two one advantage there. Michigan State did get swept over the weekend by Penn State. So that's a team that, you know, if you get them to Haymarket Park and if you have something on the line, yeah. I think you like your chances for Nebraska in that series. But they've got to try to go get at least one, maybe even two this weekend against Illinois. Hey, I, I'm curious kind of to your reaction uh, turning to football here. I just I saw a tweet just a little while ago here this morning. Some early early lines are out for mm-hmm. Nebraska football game. Nebraska uh, apparently, <clears throat> according to the uh, odds makers, they're seeing as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against Northwestern. And, and then there were some other odds that, that had come out in terms of who wins the Big Ten, and Nebraska was the highest team in the Big West. The ESPN FBI seems kind of high on Nebraska. And I know you talk about those things, and I even do it hesitantly because this fan base feels like it's been burned so many times. But what do you make of that? Why do you think you know kind of these neutral projectors seem to be high on Nebraska right now this year? And and I guess a million-dollar question nobody knows is, is, is it going to be different this year when that happens? Well, they take a lot of the the statistical layout from what you did last fall. The problem with that, in my eyes, is, well, there's a lot of different parts. You don't have the same quarterback this year that you had last year, so some of that goes out the window. They do take into account who you're playing, and I think it is a more – it's a kinder schedule to the Huskers than what we played the last few years with the crossover games. We get to avoid Ohio State for the first time in quite a while. We we get to play – Indiana and Rutgers from that other side. Those would both seem to be winnable games for this football team. And I just think they look at how close Nebraska was last year. Here's the thing, and it's you, you, you kind of sound bad when you say this, but Nebraska wasn't a bad team last year. I know they finished 3-9, and nine, but they weren't a right. bad football team because they were in all those games week after week after week. They couldn't win them, didn't win them, but they were right there. So I think that gets factored into it. But there's so many different parts to this team. There's still a lot of things coming up. They've got a couple big visitors coming to town this weekend to check out the program. Some transfer portal guys who may be added to the roster between now and then. And hmm. you know that Jack, we were talking on Sports Night last night about how how this is really almost a year round sport anymore, and a lot of them are. Husker, this is finals week at UNL, so everybody's kind of wrapping up the, the spring semester. The the bulk of the team has to be back on the twenty third to start summer conditioning. So hmm. if you finish your finals yesterday or Kayla probably would have finished a week or so ahead because the way he's get his schedule. But so some of the guys have been able to get out of here for a while. But oh, May twenty third, they're right back at it into the weight room, into the conditioning, and and off they go with the incoming freshmen coming the first week of June. So it's, I mean, even though we're all kicking back, they're about ready to crank back up yep. and get going again. Yep, it won't be long. Won't be long. Those preseason magazines should be on. Usually Memorial uh, Day is when we start to see those. I so. said that the other day. I said I can't wait to grab those. Somebody in our chat room typed. Jesus, this guy's reading magazines. How old is he? <laughs> no, I still get him, Greg. I still get and, and this I is, do, too. This is probably on the TMI uh, thing, but I, I get that every year I've done this for a whole lot of years. I get it, and I put it in the bathroom. That, I, I'm, by the time the season is ready, I am ready to go. You can get <laughs> this on your phone, old. guys. Not the Athlon or the Street and Smith or the Lindy's. I don't think they – it's not the same thing. 
It's not. I'm with Greg on this one. Say that we're old. Yeah, we're, we're old. We're old. Uh, Husker baseball this weekend on KLIN uh, at Illinois. Game Fridays at six. Game Saturdays at three. Game Sundays at two. Um, the, the the broadcast. Greg, I just want to say I've listened to a ton of the broadcast this year. You guys do a great job with them. I always in, enjoy them. They're entertaining. And uh, if you're mowing the lawn this weekend, working outside, which I know a lot of you are. Uh, bring the earbuds along and listen to some KLI in there. So, best of luck, safe travels, Greg, and we will uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All right. Appreciate it, Jack. Thank you. There you go. It's Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red, and here on Sports Nightly as well here on KLI and eight fifty six. We'll be back to wrap it up for this. Coma Stillionaire and win $5,000 from KLIN at the Still Fine Wines and Spirits Superstore by signing up at KLIN.com. Spring Foster. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. And just to add an additional layer on top of what Brittany said, uh, if the weather does get bad tonight, KLIN will have severe weather coverage, and so we'll be watching the skies for you tonight. Tomorrow, Caleb, request line Friday. Open. Open, no theme. It's what you want as long as it can be played on the radio. And it's not a ton of novelty songs, frankly. We'll be playing it for you, so get your requests in today on the Rickstein Recognition text line. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. 9 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln.